News, politics, entertainment, and more. Welcome to the Informant. Independent talk, pursuing truth, informing everyone. Now, here is the Informant, Eric Thompson. Hey, good late evening to you. Welcome to The Informant. My name is Eric Thompson out here in California, a little after 10 o'clock p.m. Hopefully you're doing well around the country, and thank you for joining me. If it's the first time you're listening in, I am The Informant. I am a conservative independent, so I do not have a political party, even though I tend to vote Republican simply because the Marxists have taken over the Democratic Party. We call them now the left. And I think primarily because of the college system has been pouring out Marxists for years now, and they are in leadership positions, a.k.a. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. A lot of things we're going to cover in the next hour. Um, there is some a little more breaking news that we're going to get to first uh, that wasn't on my show earlier today. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Fading Nancy is all I like to call her because I don't know what's I know she's older. But she's been freezing up a lot lately and uh, seems to be struggling at times with her coherence. Well, she's been talking, you know, okay, well, Trump, you know, and he's unfit and this, this and that. And the whole discussion has been what? Well, when the Russian collusion story is proven, then we're going to impeach him. Which, by the way, before I forget, if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, the-informant.com. You can get social media links, everything else, and uh, definitely listen to the show on Spreaker. But, um, so Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi was supposed to, after the Democrats finally um, were able to take over the committees, and now they're going to call in everybody, and they're going to get uh, President Trump and they're going to prove that he uh, collusion, obstruction of justice, were firing Comey, and they were going to impeach him. Well, Speaker Pelosi, who's been around for a few years, there's never been a president impeached by the Senate. Impeachment is extremely divisive. She was around during the Clinton impeachment. So she she's kind of a little more realistic when it comes to, well, first of all, the Mueller report is not going to show any collusion at all. And nobody with the rational mind can argue that the president does, does, did not have a right, that President Trump did not have a right to fire Comey, especially now that we know about the fake dossier. We know about uh, da, 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 uh, Steele, Christopher Steele and the uh dossier and what else you got there you got fusion gps and you have the fake russian informants giving the information to christopher Steele, who then gives the fake dossier over to the democrats which was uh, paid for by the clintons through uh cooey uh, a law firm and then the judges were not told the fisa court judges that the dossier information was not confirmed to say all that we're sitting here and Nancy Pelosi, in an interview with the Washington Compost, she says, I'm not for impeachment. 
the Speaker of the House. Now, the she would be responsible for initiating or allowing an impeachment proceeding to move forward as the Speaker. Her with her in that position, saying that it is not going to happen. So this Washington Post, uh, this is actually from MSM, MSN.com. They're quoting an interview uh, that she uh, gave to the Washington Post that's going to come out in the future. So I'm not for impeachment, Pelosi says, potentially roiling fellow Democrats. This was only seven hours ago. Michael DeBonis and Rachel Bade wrote this on MSN.com. It says uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said in an interview that she opposes moving to impeach President Trump, even though she believes he is, quote, unfit for office. Her first definitive statement on the subject and one that stands to alienate members of her own Democratic Party who are intent on ousting the president. Quote, I am not for impeachment, unquote, she said in a March 6th interview conducted for a future issue of the Washington Post magazine. Quote, this is news, unquote, she added. Quote, I have said this. I haven't said this to any press person before. But since you asked, I, and I've been thinking about this, impeachment is so divisive to our country, to the country, that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. Okay, Nancy, there you go. President Trump, he's not worth it. He, he's not He's not worth impeaching. <laughs> Yet Pelosi also said that she does not believe uh, Trump is up for the job of running the country, even though we've had record low unemployment and, and the economy has been booming and 3 4% GDP and North Korea talks and, and uh, pulling out of the Iranian deal. And Okay, sure, not fit. Uh, and uh, she um, asked if, she, if uh, he was fit to be president. She countered, are we talking ethically, intellectually? Politically, what are we talking here? When a reporter said all, she said he was not a quote above all, all of the above. No, no, I don't think he is. Unquote. She said, quote, I mean, ethically unfit, intellectually unfit, curiosity wise unfit. Nah, I don't think he's fit to be president of the United States. The apparent contradiction shows that Pelosi is well aware of the political risk of impeachment and how pursuit of the president could energize Republican voters ahead of the 2020 election. Still, her comments will almost certainly infuriate the far left, the Marxist, the Democratic Socialist, the neo-Nazis of today, the left wing, left, far left wing of the party, which has been clamoring to begin impeachment proceedings over controversies ensnaring the Trump administration. Most House Democrats agreed that they they should give the chairman of investigative committees the space to conduct their probes before engaging in serious impeachment discussions. But Pelosi suggested that she doesn't support those moves at all because he's just not worth it, won't sit well in her caucus. So, of course, you already have a couple of them already drafted up. Articles of impeachment. You've got a representative Al Green of Texas and Brad Sherman of California. They've already drafted up articles of impeachment. Green moved in December 2017 to force the House to consider impeachment articles. That effort was killed 364 
to 58. But we don't forget we have Representative Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat of Michigan, who marched on Capitol Hill with impeachment supporters and Representative Maxine Waters has discussed impeaching Trump in numerous interviews. So, according to MSN, the article coming out on the Washington Post magazine, Pelosi is not in. And now there is another article here from the New York Post. Nancy Pelosi just admitted the Democrats have nothing on Trump. Different and interesting Two different newspapers. The Post says that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced Monday that she's against impeaching President Trump and that we just covered this. Unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, what is exactly the point? There isn't. Which is exactly the point there isn't. The Speaker is surely up to speed on what evidence Democrats actually have against Trump and has a fair sense of what Special Counsel Bob, uh, Counsel Bob Mueller's report will say. I'm used to calling him Robert, so... When they call him Bob, it throws me off. And she recognized that there is nothing that will persuade anyone who hasn't wanted Trump ousted since Election Day 2016. There's nothing there. It's not happening. So uh, now uh, will Pelosi call off the dogs? Committee Chairman Jeff Na- uh, Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff. She going to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not going to do it. Um, or would they keep on subpoena in any way and grandstanding for the cameras in hopes of maybe somehow, someday, somewhere finding some genuine dirt while at least harassing the president and his family and associates and feeding an endless string of breathless this time. Trump is going down report. So uh, didn't have that to cover this morning on my show on the range, but it's been out. So Pelosi is basically saying impeachment is a no-goo. <laughs> it's just been, it's really been shocking, really, if you think about it. You know, this whole thing of, uh, well, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll wait and see what's there, and, but we know for sure, and if you've seen smoke, there's probably fire. The whole time, it's like there's nothing there. So President Trump's been pushing on. I am, I am convinced that nobody else could have gone through this and still be fighting. President Trump's new, bu- uh, the budget that the White House has put forth, he's still looking for $8 billion for the wall. <laughs> push, push, push. All right. Now, over to Breitbart. They, have, they were able to sit down with President Trump, so we're going to do switch gears completely here. We're going away from the Washington Compost, with Pelosi saying no impeachment because she obviously knows what uh, special counsel Robert Mueller doesn't have. So there's an article here, a couple of them for Breitbart. Donald Trump, seductive socialism would send country down the tubes in a decade or less. Later in the show, I'm going to get to a poll, a Harris poll, which is saying that the millennials and the Generation Z are actually for socialism. So we have some contrast there, too, that we'll get to. But here's the article from Breitbart. President Donald Trump told Breitbart News on Monday that he feels very strongly that the United States will never succumb to socialism. What do you guys think about that? You can always go over to social media on Twitter, Facebook. Look up Informant, The Informant, Informant Show, and you'll find me. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Megabook, Spraley, all of them. Do you think that... 
the young people who are brainwashed by the Marxists, do you think that they'll that they'll give in eventually? Who knows, huh? Well, let's uh, let's see what President Trump has to say. Quote, I feel that I feel it very strongly, unquote. Trump replied when asked by Breitbart's News Washington political editor Matthew Boyle about his pledge in the State of the Union address that the United States would never become a socialist country. Trump continued by explaining that many Democrats are campaigning on socialism, however, because it is easy to campaign on but difficult to govern on. Hey, we're coming up. This is Station Identification. You're listening to The Informant here on Spreaker.com. Also, you can hear me on The Range. Download the apps from Google Play Store or Apple iTunes, The Range app. But thank you for listening here on Spreaker. Early in the morning for you guys out there on the East Coast and late out here in California. All right, let's continue. So President Trump feels strongly that socialism's not going to happen. He says that uh, he says that Democrats are running on it because it's easy to campaign, but it's going to be difficult to govern. And as we know, because even pl- uh, even uh, the Green Deal that we've all heard about. Is the 100% drug free well, way this, to uh, healthier, more restful sleep? Go ahead, own your health. Nothing like having this pop up. All right, there we go. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, so um, let's continue here. Now, with that being said, you are always you always have to be very careful because socialism is easy to campaign on, but tough to govern on because the government goes down the tubes. Trump said, "Quote, but when you tell people." Free medical, free education, no more free student loans, all the things that you said, it's a great thing to campaign on. So you said all that. You sound familiar, right? Pelosi. I'm sorry. um, You've got uh, Kamala Harris. You've got uh, Bernie Sanders. All of them running around already. Going to do free college, single payer, free medical, and everything else. Free college, uh, no, you know, we're going to pay off the student loans. The thing is, is when it, when you actually have to then come back and say, you know what, we actually couldn't do it. We couldn't, we can't make it happen. Then you have austerity measures like what happened over Greece when I was over there, where you got fires and you got people burning up cars, and it's a disaster. So President Trump continued here. This is from Breitbart. But the truth is, is when you're up on the debate stage and they say uh, we're giving you free education, we're giving you free health care, we're giving you everything you want in a Rolls Royce in everyone's pockets, it's not an easy situation. But what happens is 10 years later, the country will be gone. OK, whether it's this country or any other country in response to a follow up question uh, from Breitbart senior White House correspondent Charlie Spearing. Trump said that the pendulum swings in politics frequently. Trump said if, if the left somehow took control down the road, the votes would eventually course correct and choose the Republican next. Well, I hope so. That sounds uh, good to me. I'm not uh, down at all with socialism. All right, another article from the same interview. This was an exclusive interview that Breitbart had. And if you guys are just joining me, thank you for joining. This is the informant's. We already went over the Nancy Pelosi. The Speaker of the House announced that she is not going to pursue impeachment against President Trump, even though she thinks he's unfit because he's not worth it. President Trump has been interviewed separately, obviously, by Breitbart. 
And in his interviews, here's another page from Breitbart, President Donald Trump on immigration, quote, I don't want to have anyone coming in that's on welfare. Amen to that. It's President Donald Trump in an interview, an exclusive Oval Office interview with Breitbart News on Monday afternoon said he doesn't want immigrants coming to the United States to be dependent on welfare programs. And that is what is happening because they tip, tend to be low-educated voters, low-skilled workers. They're trying to move to progressive states where it's extremely expensive to live. Trust me, I live in California. There's no way with the seventh grade education working in a field that you can afford to live here unless you're being subsidized. And that's why when the Heritage uh, Foundation and, and when they've gone and they've crunched the numbers, the, uh, the immigration groups, we end up around between 90 to $120 billion a year is what we're paying to subsidize illegal aliens to live here. So President Trump is saying, look, quote, I don't want to have anyone coming in that's on welfare. Now, if you have traveled at all or if you know anybody that's traveled, or if you know anybody that's moved overseas, what you're going to find out is that if you try to move to Ireland, for example, like when I worked for Mayflower and I would try to move people overseas, I had a retired police officer with plenty of money she uh, went, we packed up all her stuff. She got over to Customs Ireland. She sat down with them. They interviewed her and they said, you know, um, in two weeks, take your stuff and go back. But she, what? why? Well, we don't want, we cannot afford anyone that's going to come here that's going to be de- be dependent on our social services. And then they, but she said, but I don't, I'll, that's impossible. I have a lot of money. So she had to convince them that she had plenty of money and retirement and would never be dependent on Ireland for her medical or any other cost. And she was able to do that. So she was able to stay, but they were willing to send her butt back if she could not prove that. It was like that in the United States early on when they would come to Ellis Island you had to have a sponsor. You had to show that you had resources so you would not be dependent on the United States. And you had to prove you weren't sick or we would send you back. So President Trump basically saying, look, I don't want to have anyone coming in the United States that's going to go straight on welfare. He said also that we have a problem because we have politicians that are not strong or they have bad intentions, or they want to get votes because they think if they come in, they're going to vote Democrat. You know, for the most part, yes. Trump answers uh, answer came in response to Breitbart News Editor-in-Chief Alexander Marlowe's citing a statistic from a report. This is from the uh, CI, the Centers for Immigration Studies. It was published in December that over 60% of non-citizen families entering the United States end up on welfare. The report found that 63% of non-citizen households end up on welfare, whereas only 35% of native-born Americans end up on welfare. 63%? So President Trump's like, 
Socialism's not going to work. It's easy to campaign on, but in the end, you can't keep your promises, and the country will go down the tubes, and you're going to go with them. Look at Venezuela. Then he says, look, on this immigration issue, one of the things is I don't want anybody coming in the country that is going to cost us money that is going to go on welfare. That's a no-brainer, too. The report also shows that in non-citizen households with children, welfare usage. Now, listen to this, guys. Listen. Illegal aliens that come across the border with children. How, how, what percentage do you think they, that they end up on welfare? God. According to the study, the study came from the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, published in December. The report shows that non-citizen households with children, welfare usage skyrockets to 79.6%, almost 80% of the people come in the con- coming in the country illegally with children, almost 80% go on welfare. So why would the Democrats think that those people coming across would vote Democratic? Because they like to give out welfare. President Trump added that while it is his belief that some industries need more workers brought in by in various capacities, the Democrats and the left are pushing to bring in anyone and everyone into the country, regardless of the consequences. Quote, they'll take anybody in this country and we're not allowing it. Because but because of the success of our country economically, some people say, this, uh, this is an interesting way that Trump talks, President Trump. He's talking to third person almost. We say, I blame myself, uh, but that's a good blame, not a bad blame. But because of the economy's success and you need workers here, that's why people are needed here. So he continues, you do need workers. You have homes in Houston and they can't get people to build the homes and lots of other places. But because of what happened and because of of the people coming in, they want them to come in and they don't care about how they come in. No, if you you listen to like the uh, Chamber of Commerce, if you listen to the rhinos, if you listen to uh, all these wealthy people that are pushing for amnesty, they are doing it because they need cheap labor the Koch brothers are big time on this we need workers but president trump said but i don't like the idea of people coming in and going on welfare for 50 years and that's what they want to be able to do it's not good and that story so you can catch that on breitbart you can catch the stories on the new york post about nancy pelosi just submitted democrats have nothing on president trump now another story we're going to get to is that Mueller is, I think, finally, finally, finally going to call it quits. He's going to finish up, turn his report in, and give it to the Attorney General. And then the Attorney General, Barr, has to uh, go through it, figure out what he wants to show to Congress, and if anything, release to the general population because there's confidential things in there, grand jury information, things that are not going to be released. Now, 
I think, like the article said, and I agree with it, one of the reasons why Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, said he's, that they're not going to try to impeach the president is they know there's nothing in this report that would give any ammo or momentum towards that. There's no collusion because we know the dossier was fake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Christopher Steele and the Cooey law firm Clintons paid them to give the money over to Fusion GPS, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we know it's all fake. And we know that the president can fire anybody he wants in the executive branch, not obstruction of justice, so there's nothing there. And who cares if he tweets? Who cares if he tweets that aren't they're not nice? I don't really like rude tweets, but I don't I'm not the president either. So hey, thank you for listening. This is the informant. I'll be back here after a few uh, of our sponsors and we'll continue in on what's Mueller going to do. Food independence, emergency preparedness, self-reliance. MyPatriotSupply.com. Get our survival seed vault and feed your family from your own garden for just $37.95. Our non-hybrid heirloom seeds are genuinely American, just like you. Your survival needs and survival seeds are at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. So, you want your dynamite? You like your dynamite? You like dynamite? Allie used to get these awful hot spots. She'd have to get them shaved and be put on antibiotics and steroids. She would also scratch herself all the time. Her ears always had icky debris in them, and she would shed all over the floor. I first heard of Dynavite on the radio. Dynavite can support every dog's good health with omega-3s, zinc, vitamins, and the digestive enzymes that may be missing from your dog's diet. She loves these Licko Chops. Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. She hasn't had a hot spot since. Her shedding is much less. I don't have to sweep the floor all the time. Her ears seem normal, and she's not scratching herself all the time. If you love your dog, (laughs) go (laughs) call 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Okay, so the new Ford F-150 with its high-strength, military-grade aluminum alloy body just blew the doors off the competition. Now it's time to blow their tailgates off, too, by adding the new, more powerful, next-generation 3.5-liter EcoBoost engine and an all-new 10-speed transmission, cranking out more power and acceleration, more efficiency at the pump, and the most torque of any...
Hey, thank you for staying with me. If you're, if you're just joining the second hour here, the second part of the show, thank you for joining. This is the informants, and we've been going over some of the breaking news, and we're also going to dive in now to what's happening with the Mueller witch hunt. Is it about over? Is it not about over? What do you guys think? So let's continue in here. Uh, before we went to break, there was an article here from Reuters, and what they're trying to do, because Nancy Pelosi said she's not going to pursue impeachment as a Speaker of the House, which pretty much says there's nothing in the Mueller report that's going to give them any ammo. So I found an article here from Reuters, and I believe they're trying to build up Mueller's reputation before the report is released to Attorney General Barr. It says, Newsmaker, Mueller navigates dangerous currents in probing Trump-Russia nexus. This is from Will Dunham. Robert Mueller brought an enviable reputation as the architect of the modern FBI and a force behind major criminal prosecutions to his job as a special counsel investigating Russia's role in the 2016 U.S. election, but it hasn't countered a relentless campaign by President Donald Trump to discredit his probe. Oh, boy. Can you imagine trying to be President Trump for these last couple of years? Constant, 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 constant harassment. Mueller, a longtime Republican. Well, we better throw that in there. Received bipartisan praise when he was named a special counsel in May 2017 by Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, who should not have been in that position because we come to find out he's a big, big, dirty dog. Only in that position because uh, Attorney General Sessions recused himself. And I, I have to say at this point, I would say that's one of the biggest disappointments in President Trump's uh, first couple years was Attorney General Sessions. I thought he was going to be a good old boy from the South and was going to rip heads off. That's what I was expecting. I don't know what happened to him. Conspiracies everywhere. Everything that I look at is there is a conspiracy. Somebody had something on Sessions. They had dirt on him, just like with the, just like with Chief Justice Roberts. They must have something on him. But this article, I'm not going to pain you go through most of it, but the article is basically saying that Trump and his allies in the Republican Party have tried to disparage the 74-year-old Marine, a U.S. Marine Corps officer, Semper Fi Mueller, as a Marine to Marine, I, I thank you for your service, but... They painted the entire Russia investigation as illegitimate and politically motivated, which it it has been. Democratic President Barack Obama extended Mueller's service. So he actually had uh, from George W. Bush through Obama the second longest stint ever. The only one that was in the office longer as director of the FBI was a J. Edward Hoover who started it. So they went, They go through this article basically trying to say Mueller is a good guy, honorable guy, and the report is is uh, not a witch hunt. There's no collusion. I mean, there's no uh, backroom dealings trying to take the president down illegally, which we know is not true. So this was an article is on Drudge. Okay, here is another one on Mueller. This is uh this one had a little more meat to it. It's from Politico, which tends to be a little leaning left. 
it's the week that could reveal Mueller's end game. I just said Pelosi just revealed it, I think, by saying there's not going to be a pursuit of impeachment. This article says the week that could reveal Mueller's end game. Quote, a number of the threads are finally starting to merge together, said Matthew Miller, a former Barack Hussein Obama Justice Department spokesman. spokesman. Buckle up. The next five days could reveal how the Mueller probe will play out. This article, is it, it starts with Paul Manafort. Now, Paul Manafort, as you know, was, and I know he regrets the day that he ever agreed to help President Trump because he was only in his campaign for a short period of time. So Paul, Paul Manafort has already been convicted and is set up to serve less, a little less than four years for some financial matters and for lying. It says Paul Manafort will know how long he'll be serving in prison, closing the books on special counsel Robert Mueller's most visible legal fight. Also, Roger Stone will know how his, uh, know his trial date, putting a timeline on when the public will get more details about his alleged contacts with WikiLeaks. Neither one of those have anything to do with collusion or obstruction or anything. The status reports are due uh, for two of Mueller's biggest cooperators, uh, General Michael Flynn and Rick Gates. Uh, that will signal whether the special counsel has tapped them for all the information investigators need. This week could he, uh, even include the ultimate exclamation point. Attorney General William Barr announcing that Mueller has completed his assignment and that a summary version of his findings is imminent. Quote, it's one of the moment, one of those moments when a number of the threads are finally starting to merge together, which is expected because we do appear to be near the end. In one way, the timing of this week's Mueller's of uh, for this week's Mueller moves is one way happenstance coinciding schedules from a series of individual crime cases that represents the public face of the special counsel's often secretive work. But the, you know, it's, it's just stupid. There's no collusion. There's no rush involvement. So. In the end, what's going to happen here is that they're going to find out if U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson, the Obama appointee, who's scheduled to issue the second of two prison terms for Manafort. So he has a he has around four years that he was given by Judge T.S. Ellis III for a series of financial fraud crimes. Now, it's a fed, there was a federal court, so President Trump could pardon Manafort for those. But going to the New York court, state court, he's not going to be able to get help from Judge Amy Berman Jackson's ruling. So Manafort's going to go to prison. Even though he's older, he's going to go to prison. We just don't know if Judge Amy Berman Jackson is going to say, you know what, you're already serving four years I'm going to uh, say instead of 10 years, we'll have the four years run together and we'll just have six years tacked on the end for a total of 10 years. We don't know. Jackson is sensing Manafort following his plea, his guilty plea last September to charges that he acted as an unregistered foreign agent for Ukraine, laundered money and tampered with the witness. Manafort later had his de plea deal ripped up after Jackson ruled that he lied to federal prosecutors in a grand jury during cooperation sessions. 
Alan Dershowitz, the retired Harvard constitutional lawyer, who's basically said on Fox News, I think she's going to whack it to him. A longer sentence from Jackson would turn attention to Trump, who last Friday says he feels very badly for Manafort after Ellis handed down his sentence. The president still ruled, hasn't ruled out a politically explosive pardon for his former campaign aide, a heavy penalty that could drive the, harden, the pardon-loving president to act. Well, there you go. Mueller hopefully is done this week. We can move on because there is nothing there. Socialism is on the rise in America and the desire for socialism is on the rise because of the colleges. But the thing that blows me away, okay, is that Venezuela is collapsing. Okay? It is like no lights have been on for the fourth day. This is an article from Reuters. Venezuela enters fourth day of blackout as Maduro blames a U.S. cyber attack. So we're going to get to a poll here in a minute that socialism is about half of the younger Americans, Generation Z and millennials, want to live in socialism. All they have to do is turn on the news and see what was supposed to be, was supposed to have been, the example of what America should become. Remember? Danny Glover, Sean Penn, Michael Moore, all of them. Yeah, Uh, Venezuela, democratic socialist country, thriving, great social services. That's what America should aspire to be. Yes, yes, that's it. Capitalism's evil. Moore did his movies. All of a sudden, Venezuela, since everything ended up being controlled by the government, all industries, the wealthy citizens quit investing in infrastructure and starting businesses because the government was taking everything over and everything then, the economy all came down to oil. And then when oil prices dropped, Venezuela went sia. And yet we got Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez running around. Well, Venezuela, we don't really want what Venezuela did. We want Denmark or Netherlands, which is not socialism, but they don't even know that. So this article says Venezuela enters fourth day. Try to picture this, guys. You're in a very, very large city. There's more news coming out. People getting beaten senseless, robbed, murdered, stealing food, food spoiling right now. Venezuelans woke up to a fourth day of unprecedented nationwide blackout. No internet, no modems, nothing. Thriving socialist high-tech cities. Caracas, gone. Falling apart. Some cities, I don't know what city it was, but they ate the zoo animals. The zebras. I mean, yeah, we're supposed to. We're supposed to want to not listen to President Trump who said it'll never happen because the promises are easy, but trying to do it doesn't work. So Venezuelans woke up to a fourth day of unprecedented nationwide blackout on Sunday, leaving residents concerned about the impacts of the lack of electricity on the South Americans, 
country's health, communications, and transport systems. Socialist President Nicolas Maduro, who's facing a challenge to his rule by the leader of the opposition-led Congress, Juan Guaido, or Guaido, however he says it, has blamed the blackout on an act of sabotage by the United States at the Geary Hydroelectric Dam, but experts say it is the outcome of years of underinvestment. Too busy smoking drugs, partying, having fun, not investing in infrastructure. Sounds like California, where I live, where our infrastructure is eroding. Quote, the National Electric System has been has been subject to multiple cyber attacks, unquote. Maduro wrote on Twitter on Sunday, quote, however, we're making huge efforts to restore stable and definitive supply in the coming hours, unquote. Guido invoked the Constitution to assume the interim presidency in January, arguing that Maduro's 2018 reelection was fraudulent. He has been recognized as Venezuela's legitimate leader by the United States and other Western countries. Despite pressure, though, from frequent opposition marches and U.S. sanction on the country's vital oil sector, Maduro is going nowhere fast. And that's what the Trump administration's envoy to Venezuela is saying. There is your collapsed democratic socialism with a, with a hyper, basically Marxist leader, a tyrant, with people under tyranny, and now the world's saying, hey, America, uh, we don't like nation building and we don't like that you've been in Iraq and these countries for so long. But do you think uh, maybe maybe like you should go in there and just kind of do something, remove him, but don't really remove him? Okay, I am a conservative independent, more of a libertarian on this issue, and I am not or us going in militarily into Venezuela. There's a lot of other countries down there that can go in and help. And the people would help them. Okay, but it's not our job. So the blackout, which began Thursday afternoon, increased frustration among Venezuelans already suffering widespread food and medicine shortages as the once prosperous OPEC nation's economy suffers a hyperinflationary collapse. Food rotted in refrigerators, people walking for miles to work with the Caracas subway down, and relatives abroad anxiously waiting for updates from family members with telephone and internet signals intermittent. Here's a guy, Leno Guterres, a 47-year-old systems technician. What can you do without electricity? The food we have is gone bad. I'm sorry, Lionel, whatever your name is, Lionel. Uh, you guys had your fake run, your fake Democratic Party, Socialist Party. And now, like everything else, at some time, there's a saying that, you know, socialism works until you run out of other people's money. Well, that's basically what happened down in Venezuela. This is a glaring obvious reason why we cannot go socialistic and why President Trump should get reelected. Well, you would think so, right? You would think that uh, Bernie Sanders and them, Ocasio-Cortez and all the leftists, the socialists would be like, well, you know, uh, 
it works. This it's not looking good right now for Venezuela and and uh, you know, okay, I'm gonna go hide. No, it's not what's happening. Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Ocasio Cortez, they're all running around. Pocahontas. Socialism, socialism, democratic socialism, 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 free college, free medical, free, free, free. The Green Deal, $80 trillion. Who cares? The world's ending in 12 years. What? What is 60 to $80 trillion? We can't, I mean, we can't worry about it, right, Cortez? So there's an article here. You would think that the socialist people that have been promoting it would be taking a hit, but that's not what's happening. This is from Politico. A major player, Sanders gets props. Democratic Socialist Sanders. Bernie Sanders gets props from the Democratic establishment. What are they looking at? I'm telling you. I see the left is either intentionally stupid or they're just flat out evil or evil intentionally stupid, but they're just wrong. They're wrong. But this article says Democratic senators are surprisingly open to the Vermont independent as the nominee if he manages to emerge from the crowded primary. The last time Bernie Sanders ran for president, he was treated like a pariah within the Democratic Senate Democratic Caucus. His colleagues thought his campaign was a liberal fantasy that only served only to damage Hillary Rotten Clinton. This time, though, the Vermont Independent is getting a warm reception from senators who constitute much of the Democratic establishment he railed against. Senate Democrats say they're open to getting behind Sanders if he appears the strongest candidate a year from now. And there's no whiff of an effort to deny him the nomination, according to an interview with more than 20 Democratic senators. It's not the Democratic caucus. It's not that the Democratic caucus isn't rallying behind him. Most of its members would prefer a more mainstream nominee. Even if they're unwilling to say it at this point, but they're giving Sanders props for what he's accomplished and saying that if he's able to win the nomination, more power to him. Quote, there's a question in my mind of whether he could get back up on the bicycle after four years, but he's off to a solid start, unquote, said Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, the second-ranking Democrat and staunch Clinton supporter in 2016. Quote, I don't know, Bernie. I worked with Bernie. I understand him. People have an image of him, which may be different than mine, but if you're asking me about Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump, no Problem. He even got an early endorsement from fellow Vermonter, Vermonter Senator Patrick Leahy. So they don't want a radical Democratic Socialist, the establishment, the Pelosi part, the Chuck Schumers. They don't want a crazy radical Democratic Socialist to run. But. They're kind of surprised that they're actually getting pretty decent crowds, the Democratic Socialists, and they're not, they haven't stumbled severely. So they're like, well, we don't really want Bernie or Kamala Harris or Beto O'Rourke, but if they make it through, we're going to have to go with them. So in spite 
in spite of Venezuela, in spite of what happened in Vietnam and in Russia and Korea and all over the world, right? Germany in the 40s. Regardless of when tyranny has taken over because of democratic socialism, socialism, Marxism, communism, and we have the poster child collapsing down by Colombia called Venezuela, the Democrats still might have to go with the Democratic Socialists if they make it through, and no one's going to try to block Bernie like they did last time, according to the study. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer is remaining neutral in a crowded primary as as our majority of Senate Democrats caught in an awkward position between the half dozen senators running. Generally, senators avoid talking about a single candidate out of fear that they would offend someone in the caucus. So, as of right now, the Democratic Socialists are hanging in there, and the Democratic establishment is giving them props And if they make it through everything and they're the nominee, they're going to get behind them. Why this kind of makes sense, and we're going to finish the show on this, so thank you for joining me. You can always email me at eric at the-informant.com if you have show topics or go on social media and put your comments down. Love to hear from you. Exclusive poll. This is why this makes sense. Okay? Because... The Democrats have a large group of young people that are, according to a poll here from Axios.com, that the Generation Z and Millennials actually want the things that Bernie is saying. Article here says, exclusive poll, young Americans are embracing socialism. Now, if you're like me, you're like, okay, well, there's a few kids. They're not going to show up to vote. What's the big deal? Well, according to this poll, now, polls, I know, polls, they're skewed. You got to find out who did the poll. So this this could be totally in left field. But I think it's important, considering that Bernie Sanders has support from the Democratic Party, if he makes it through and they may be looking at the polling numbers going, Hey, he could possibly win because Texas could even flip. There's a wall street journal article. We might get to where the Democrats think they're going to flip Texas. I lived in Texas. So that's maybe not as far of a stretch as you might think. Now earlier today on my show, people are upset. Oh, Texas will never flip. Nah, we're never gonna let that happen. Well, We shall see. I hope not. Uh, It says young Americans are embracing socialism. Generation Z has a more positive view of the word socialism than previous generations. And along with millennials are more likely to embrace socialistic policies and principles in past generations. According to a new Harris poll given exclusively to Axios, Axios axios.com. Axios is kind of like a a new site for millennials. Okay, it says percentage of millennials and Generation Z agreeing, agreeing with these statements. Okay, listen to the questions. And I'll give you the percentages. These are millennials and Gen Z. Government should provide universal health care. The, the, the overall population is 60. I'm going to round these up. 67%, which is really still ridiculous. 
But for millennials and Gen Z, 74%. What? Almost three out of four millennials and Gen Z think the government should provide universal health care. Government should provide tuition-free college. Why did why were the why were the Democrats uh, trying to get the uh, voting age down to sixteen? Because if if the sixteen-year-olds want free college and think the government should provide it, and there's no way President Trump is going to take that position, then it makes sense that sixty-eight percent. I'm rounding sixty-seven point one up just to keep these numbers simple for us. Sixty-eight percent think the government should provide tuition-free college. Uh, prefer living in a socialist country, even though most of the youth in this in this poll have probably never left their city, especially or their state, because of the fake news. Forty nine point six or fifty percent of the millennials and Gen Z in this poll, fifty percent, would prefer to live in a socialist country. Supporting ICE, only forty three percent support abolishing ICE. Now, why, do, why does this matter, I think, this time? I'm not saying that this they're all going to turn out. I'm not saying this is the end-all, end-all. But the word socialism doesn't carry the same stigma that it did in the past. Now that it has been resurrected by celebrity politicians like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, young, young people's political views often change as they grow older. But while they're younger, they support socialistic policies. Gen Z and the millennials are projected. Listen to this. Gen Z and the millennials are protected or projected to make up 37% of the electorate in 2020. 37% of the electorate, according to this poll, okay, are going to be this group. Remember, 70%, 75% of this group believes that the government should provide universal health care. Half of this group thinks that they would prefer to live in a socialist country. The three voting issues for Gen Z, according to the Harris poll, mass shootings, racial equality, and immigration policy, and the treatment of illegal aliens as they call them immigrants. Millennials' top issues, health care, global warming, climate change, and mass shootings. My generation and, and older Healthcare, terrorism, national security, national debt. Bernie has a chance to get the nomination because they believe 37% of the electorate is going to basically go for the socialist. That's why Joe Biden will be interesting when he finally gets in. How far left? I know he's a lefty. Don't let him trick you. But how far left does Joe Biden go? Are they going to, I mean, is it going to be a total circus? Because there's going to be like 25 people, 30 people that are going to be in the debates. Crazy. I'm a, I am a far leftist. I'm a far leftist. I am a democratic socialist. I have four homes all of a sudden and I'm very rich, even though I was a poor loser up to 40 years of age. We shall see. So, hey, thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Informant. My name is Eric Thompson. You can get hold of me at the-informant.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same bat channel. Also, check out my social media site, MAGA Book. 
Facebook.com, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great early morning and late day here in California. Take care.